Okay. Uh, welcome to week two, episode three of Chatting Cinema. My name's Gianni. I'm Flynn. And um, today we have our good friend Sam with us. Hi. Uh, and today we're talking the Star Wars episode nine trailer, um, Casino Royale versus Skyfall, and our favorite horror movies. So let's get right into it. Uh, Star Wars episode nine final trailer came out last Monday, Monday Night Football. What do you guys, what did you think? It's great. <laughs> yeah, it is. It made me cry yeah. every time I watch it. How about the music? I think the music in these trailers is really what brings it all together for me. But, um, yeah, what else? Oh, man. Uh, so I, th- much. I think that they're, they're trying to tell me that they're going to kill 3PO <laughs> <laughs> and make him say the same line as Dobby. Right. <laughs> when, yeah. when he One last look at my friends. One. <laughs> um, that was very sad. I don't know if that's like... There's so much in this trailer that I feel is like classic Star Wars misdirection. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is still, we don't know, right? Yeah. And I think that's all J.J. Abrams, that's all the marketing team. They do a really good job of not letting us know, not letting us in too much, but also really getting us excited, right? Um, Sam, any favorite moments? Oh, oh, a ton. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I liked, um, I liked, is it dumb to say Ray and uh, Kylo fighting <laughs> on the <laughs> Star Destroyer? Because, yeah, that's outstanding. Yeah. And, um... I am of the firm belief that um, the majority of this trailer is, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Kylo and Rey fighting, whatever the hell... Sorry. That's okay. So sorry. Whatever, the, um, whatever, like, Poe and Finn are doing, first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Easy. Easy. That's interesting to me. Um, I tend to lean the same way. Um, I was that way with the Endgame trailers, too. Yeah, but that's Marvel. Right, that a lot. right. Yeah. Because I feel like so much of it is is to keep you guessing and if they showed second act third act stuff it might uh tip their hand a little bit um some interesting things that were pointed out online that uh i didn't really catch is um the shot of kylo in his helmet interestingly enough with ray destroying what looks like vader's helmet behind them is chewie's bandolier um, and his bowcaster. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, so I don't know what that tells you. There's also the shot somebody pointed out in that thread um, of Chewie running down a hallway with Poe and Finn, and he's not wearing his bandolier. Yeah. So, it, you know, you, you see that. <laughs> somebody point that out, and you're like, oh, great, Chewie's dead, too. Because <laughs> 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 why not? Let's just kill everybody, apparently. Right. No one's gonna be left. Yeah, it's sad. Do we do we think Lando is safe? Oh god. <laughs> he looks like he's having fun in this trailer. Is it bad of me to say that if Lando dies, eh, sure. I feel like Lando's an easy like kill him and have like the gut punch with no effort at all. Um, I, yeah, because I think that people are just going to go in and be like, oh, I love Lando, he's so great, and then they just kill him within 20 minutes, and it's <laughs> like, I mean, you can sort of see some of the fans on Twitter, their reaction to killing Admiral Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so true. Yeah, and, and not that I don't love the Mon Calamari, I don't, I don't want to put out the wrong idea, but I mean, for a reaction for that for Admiral Akbar, I think that it would be a good, like, easy emotional moment to, like, start on. Um, oh, especially Lando? if we're only seeing like the beginning, yeah, not like the first scene in the movie. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. um, like early, right? Uh, because you want the real like second, third act emotional moments to be with the new characters. The new characters, yeah, for sure. On that, then how quick do you think they're gonna kill Leia? 
Uh, I have quick? no idea. Well, because like it's right. be quick. they originally, well, I feel like when Last Jedi came out, they were talking about how they were going to do a time jump and have mm-hmm. her have died off screen. But it doesn't look like that's the case because we have, yeah, oh, it could be flashbacks. flashbacks. Yeah. Because that stuff was filmed during 8, right? That yes. That hug it's, with Rey we yeah. see? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was filmed during Yeah, I was, I was very much convinced that, that 8 would be her send-off. Right. Um... So I I was surprised when they had the big emotional shit blows up, Ben can't pull the trigger, Mm -hmm. um, and two TIE fighters just come in right behind him and shoot. Like, I thought that was the punch. Me too. Um, But they didn't, and it's great. And Leia's great throughout the rest of that movie, and her moments with Holdo uh, are well worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I don't know what they do, because... I don't know what they have as far as footage, and and I don't think they would do any like CG, like try yeah. to create something. So it's interesting to think about what they may or may not do with Leia, yeah. and when it comes in the movie. So. Yeah. It could be a catalyst for uh, Ben's redemption, where five years ahead and Leia dies right. off screen, and then he finds out through the Force, or and you know. He starts being like, "Oh no!" Right, right. <laughs> oh, no. Now <laughs> both my yeah, both my parents are gone, mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily blaming himself, but but through actions, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, through actions that uh, come about because of the First Order's rise, yeah. um, deaths that probably wouldn't happen if the First Order didn't exist. So, mm. and I think that it's so interesting to think of Kylo as this directionless person who, you know, you can tell all throughout the final minutes of Last Jedi, he doesn't want to be Supreme Leader. He's no. he's a kid that doesn't know what he's doing, and he's wearing his dad's clothes. Yeah. So I, I don't know, like, I, like something like that, like a fascist government body, to now be the, instead of just the enforcer, um, like Vader was, to really be the, the head of that, is like, how quickly does that, crumble Mm -hmm. and you realize i don't want to do this i don't know what i'm doing yeah yeah guess we'll we'll all find out in just a few more weeks right december 20th that doesn't even sound real i know it's (laughs) crazy i yeah i still remember when force awakens came out and then we felt like this third movie was so far away and now here we are it's just force awakens it's crazy yeah yeah um yeah but i so much of that misdirection like i i feel like the the shot of Kylo coming out of the rain um, mm-hmm. might not match up exactly with the, the shot of Ray we see before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it, is that Palpatine in the hood looking down at Ray? I know. Man. I've seen, I, I as soon as we didn't see Palpatine's face mm-hmm. in that shot, I was like, okay, that could be somebody else. I don't know who, mm-hmm. uh, but it could be somebody. People have theorized maybe, um, Dark Ray, whether that's a vision, a clone, oh. whatever is going on with that mm-hmm. in the hood, in the throne, because they've also pointed out that the throne that whoever the hooded figure is sitting on, uh, looking down at Ray, is a different throne than the um, the Ralph McQuarrie inspired mm-hmm. one with the spikes and whatnot. And we don't know where that throne is per se, where which throne is. Yeah, yeah. I've seen theories that it's Anakin. Because okay. on the side of the throne, there's like the um, kind of mechanical yes. parts yeah, that yeah. made him into Vader. So I've heard that, that that's a theory that's going around. That, that would be, be interesting. Anakin, young mm-hmm. Anakin. 
Yeah. Do we are we all convinced that Hayden Christensen will be in this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I would not be surprised if we saw some semblance of you and McGregor either. Yes. Really. I, even I'm Force even. Ghost, baby. <laughs> I'm even starting to think Qui Gon Jinn too. To be yeah? honest. Yeah. That oh, would like, be one yeah. way to really end this story. Yeah. Well, that really that's, bring it all back. That's what I think. Um, I think they see the value in that in okay. um, in attaching prequel things. And I know the, the shot of 3PO, there's a, a battle droid in the back. Mm, um, yeah, there is. Yep. So, like, attaching those prequels and, and really, like, adding cohesiveness. Um, because there's there's so many people that like the prequels and grew up on it um, that I don't think they want to ignore it. I think that if you're wrapping this up, if they're really wrapping it up and, mm-hmm. you know... Mm-hmm. We'll see, but <laughs> right, yeah. um, the end of the Skywalker yeah. story, just yeah. just like how Infinity War was billed as an ending, <laughs> yeah. there's a whole other movie coming <laughs> to end that story alone, and then Spider Man comes out in a couple months, right? Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was an idea, yeah. <laughs> but to add to to have like a cohesive ending and and have some finality, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to to see some of the prequel Jedi's and. Um, not end exactly like Return of the Jedi, I was say, but the yeah. remaster with all the <laughs> right. I'm just like, hey. <laughs> and and I think that there's uh there's sort of been a concerted effort by Disney and Lucasfilm to sort of bring Hayden back into the fold, mm-hmm. uh, in recent years, having him come to celebration and yeah, that's true. And I think that fans that that really love what Disney has done, um, are really embracing Hayden in a way that mm-hmm. he wasn't before. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that at least he'll be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Ewan and, and, um, Liam Neeson as Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon would make sense, uh, if only to have that little stinger to mm-hmm. promote Kenobi indirectly and remind people like, Hey, here's Ewan as Obi-Wan. You That's love fair. him. Yeah. You're going to watch our show. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Liam Qui-Gon Neeson showed up on that, that show yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, because... Uh, Revenge of the Sith ends on Yoda talking about how he's mastered the ability to become a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Probably just like a like a quick cameo. But. Yeah, definitely really exciting. Uh, we all obviously we can't wait for yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. So, moving on to Casino Royale versus Skyfall. I know that um, <laughs> you guys are gonna come against me here. Yeah, not not super hard, but no, we yeah, have d- different. Okay, yeah. We should listen. We should preface this conversation. I think that, that we all really love these two movies, right? Yes. I think yeah. that Casino Royale and Skyfall are the better films of the Daniel Craig era. I don't think anyone's arguing that. I would go so far as to say the better films of Bond. Period. Of Bond, yeah, yeah, yeah you have the franchise, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, how do you want to start this? Do you wanna? Maybe I'll go first. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, okay. So Casino Royale. Um, personally, I like it better because I really like that we see a younger Bond. We see him when he's not so sure of himself. He's really arrogant, and he pays for his actions, I think. Um, M punishes him a lot. He's not really held uh, accountable in a way that that maybe he is in Skyfall. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in Casino Royale, we get to see him... Like I said, he's not that iconic character yet, right? Mm -hmm. So he's young, and he's not... Bond, James Bond. He's just he's just kind of he's an assassin and he's just like Bond. I said, he's arrogant. He's just James right now. He's just James. It's just Jimbo. But um 
Uh, Martin Campbell directed. Uh, I will give Skyfall some points here because I think Skyfall is the better directed movie. I completely agree. Um, I do think for me, though, personally, I'm more invested in Casino Royale's story when I go back to revisit it. Um, I'm a fan of the romance that's set up between uh, Bond and Vesper. I think that's really interesting how they both challenge each other intellectually. Um, and I don't think that's obviously present in Skyfall. But then again, you have different relationships in Skyfall that are that are really compelling, you know. So um, that's me right now on Casino Royale. Uh, one thing I'll also give to Skyfall is I think the action is done better. I agree. Um, but then again, you also have that benefit that it's shot, what, 10 plus years later? Or seven? Seven years later? Uh, Skyfall was 2012. So oh, four. Three, eh. three you ever take when they film movies, right? Yeah. So anyway... They have advancements. They also have Roger Deakins at their side. So things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But personally, I do like Casino Royale better. I'm a fan of those casino scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like that really get me. We're going to get into those. (laughs) Are we now? Okay. Well, why don't you guys take the reins? Can you go next? (laughs) Sure. Um, Speaking on the casino scenes, this is is something I have to, to point out all the time whenever I watch Casino Royale. It immediately takes me out of the movie. Um, the the big poker hand mm-hmm. with Lashith. Um, yeah. <laughs> because... Oh, but it's fun. It, it's, <laughs> sure, that's one way to put it. <laughs> um, but the odds of that hand <laughs> happening the way it does, it's, just, it's, it's hysterical to me because, I, you know, it's not the point. The, the point isn't to, to make an accurate poker hand. It's the drama and who knows if, if the hand is rigged and, mm-hmm. and somebody's paid and all. But the like the like Hanna Barbera like ridiculous like throwing down of the cards and everybody just has a slightly better full house and then quads and it's it's so funny to me. Um I I think it's a little silly, especially being present in uh, a Bond movie that takes itself so seriously. Um and I that's not a knock on Casino Royale, it's just like a if this happens in a Sean Connery Bond mm-hmm. and it's sort of played for laughs, it's like, okay, like that makes or like sense. Brosnan, yes, know? yeah, More especially. Silly. Yeah. Um, but being present in this movie, um, especially with all of the darker things that happen, it's That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing too that I love about Casino Royale. This is a very vulnerable bond too. Daniel Craig really brought a vulnerability to the role, I think. Um, showing that he can get scarred and that he can have his heart broken and things like that, that all shape him into that iconic character that we know. Right, um, and I, I, th- I think that is important in Skyfall, like, very important in Skyfall. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's sort of the thing that I would touch on, is I, I prefer Skyfall to Casino Royale, because Casino Royale, even though we're pointing out it's darker, it's different, it mm-hmm. still feels so much more like a traditional Bond movie to me. Yep. Really? Um, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Versus Sky, <laughs> versus Skyfall is is such an interesting deconstruction of the character, and it, it's almost like you're you know, watching everybody making this movie just at their peak, mm-hmm. like going through. It's like the Bond canon, and it, bit by bit, um, yeah. sort of like exploring what makes James Bond tick, and and why are people interested in this, and why is he this character that survived for so long, um, not just as a, like an icon of pop culture, but just as a film character. 
Um, so that that's the big reason I prefer Skyfall to Casino Royale. Is I think it's a lot more interesting to do that than to like. Uh, not saying that anybody can make a straight Bond movie as effective as Casino Royale, but I think that Skyfall has a much harder task and does it better. So. Yeah, I um I almost completely agree. Uh, I I I literally have my notes. It feels like it's trying to be a Bond movie, um, because uh, it's interesting to me that you said that he he feels very vulnerable in this movie. I feel like this is a really good representation uh, representation of Bond, like the assassin, like you said. But I don't think we see James Bond as a person, even with all the Vesper stuff, until mm-hmm. Skyfall, even yeah. Quantum of Solace, <laughs> like James Bond as a person his uh, like emotional attachment attachments like we we see the end of the movie where he finds out vesper has betrayed him and he's immediately just bond again and you're just kind of like you're like right this isn't this is just like almost like a caricature right um and then uh oh man the casino scenes uh, <laughs> right out. um i just have the casino scenes dot 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 um <laughs> I feel like the structure of Casino Royale is really interesting. It's interesting that you said um, that Skyfall is a better directed movie. I would say it's also probably the better scripted movie with even how slow Skyfall's third Mm. act is. It feels like it's building to something. We don't meet Vesper until halfway through Casino Royale and the casino scenes don't start until after that. So that's either in the late second act or the third act. And you're like, and then it very much so slows down. And if you're not super interested in like casino scenes or or poker, it's like it's a very difficult scene to watch. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to actually talk about the villains in Casino Royale versus Skyfall. Okay. Because mm. Le Chiffre, <laughs> like, who, who is he? <laughs> it's so interesting, and I love Mads Mikkelsen. He's right. one of my favorite actors because of Hannibal. I think so. if you don't have Mads Mikkelsen in that part, Le Chiffre definitely is not as successful as he is, Um, but for what he does in the movie, I think it's serviceable enough, but um, I think in the way that Casino Royale is really that that introductory movie to Daniel Craig as Bond, Skyfall had the opportunity to really put him toe-to-toe with someone who can compete with him on a physical and an intellectual level, too, Mm -hmm. Um, but Lee Schieffer's just there to to be the bad guy. I would, would, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. He is. He gets that torture scene though, which is very hard to watch. Hard to watch <laughs> every time. I was fine but. with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, Silva intellectually is far more interesting yeah. to me. I, yeah. We can see Bond go toe to toe with the, you know mm-hmm. jump off rooftops, all the all this stuff. He has right. all the tech in the world. Like, it's much more interesting to me for Silva to to get into James Bond's skin and mm-hmm. sort of like dissect real time for the viewer like yeah. Yeah. this is what you are this is who you are yeah. yeah and then i think it's interesting that you mentioned about casino royale how um how bond kind of goes back to being bond after being betrayed by vesper at the end of the movie and how we don't really see these human elements of the character that maybe you do see in skyfall um but i don't think that's a knock that we only see them when he's with vesper i think it's good i think it works you know and um yeah to see him be able to fall in love and walk away from that lifestyle that life of being just the assassin someone who doesn't have emotional attachments and really get attached to someone Mm -hmm. i think that flip back after he loses her Mm -hmm. i think it works 
And um, I think it's it's you can see that, that a guy like that would snap. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I think the seeds that Casino Royale lay um, really show up again in Skyfall with the character. Sure. So. It, it, it feels like only every other Daniel Craig, James Bond movie counts. Mm-hmm. Like Quantum of Solace is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spectre is there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Garbage. Trash. Um. But Casino Royale and, and Skyfall are the, the ones that do interesting things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's it for the, the Casino Royale Skyfall debate. Skyfall wins. Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I think they're, they're both good movies for mm-hmm. uh, different reasons. Um, yeah. And I would watch either of them way quicker than going back to goldfinger oh definitely absolutely um and hopefully bond 25 uh is is good and and delivers because it's the it's the next it's the every other yep (laughs) um so today is october 28th so it's almost halloween um so we all wanted to get into um one of our favorite horror movies i won't i i think that favorite is a little definitive because yeah. um, I really like horror as a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie I picked to talk about is Scream. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I think that Scream, um, in its own way, does something similar to Skyfall mm-hmm. uh, as a deconstruction. And it's a deconstruction of a genre. Um, and it's so interesting coming from Wes Craven, who did the Nightmare on Elm Street films, and, and is just this horror icon for him to come to this movie in the 90s and just take the genre and and he's the perfect person to do it because he knows horror so well, like the back of his hand. And what he did was he made a, a parody of a slasher movie that somehow is also the most effective slasher movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that, <laughs> um, but Wes Craven did it. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as the, the final girl trope in horror, Sydney is so great. She's yeah. such a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's such an interesting look at, you know, what a horror movie is, what it is meant to do to sort of check the boxes and then turn it on your head and, and surprise you. And it's fun. It's funny at times. It's effective gore if you're into that. Um, the performances are great. Matthew Lillard is so much fun in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Everybody's really, really good. And um, a lot of people have seen it at this point, but if you haven't seen it, it sort of keeps you guessing until the the final minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really adore it for that. Um, So that's my pick. Sure. Um, Do you want to go next, Sam? You can go next. Okay. Uh, So I picked A Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski. And I think this movie, when it came out, really surprised everyone. I remember that first trailer came out, and I remember people saying, like, this looks good, but it could still be bad, you know? <laughs> um, but the premise, I think, is what really hooked audiences. It's this world where everyone has to be quiet. Any sound could make one of these creatures come and, and kill you. So I think that premise was really interesting. And John Krasinski, from a directing standpoint, uh, really brought it, I think. He, he only had a few other credits on a few episodes of The Office, he um, directed a movie called The Hollers, which I think flew under people's radar. Um, it's a very like family-oriented movie, but that was more kind of by the numbers. Um, and 
And then he came along with A Quiet Place, and I think he really brought it to this genre. And and it's interesting, and it shows that he cared, and that a lot of people involved with the project really cared. You talked about really good performances in Scream. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, he has a deaf daughter in the film, um, played by... Let me look it up real quick. I need to see it. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come through for me. Her name is Miss Millicent Simmons, um, and she was really great. The whole cast really was really good. Um, Emily Blunt, of course, Fantastic. as always, amazing. Um, really good film, really well done. Yeah, especially important that Millicent is played by a deaf actress. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. And uh, Oh, she is the actress. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the actress is deaf. Um, uh, and I, th- I think that that's important. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's important um, for especially a movie that that sort of was really a smash hit like this. Um, more big movies um, need to start doing that for representation's sake. And uh, a quiet place is so interesting to me because it does so much with so little. Um, it can't rely on dialogue, and it it that alone makes the thrills so much better and so much more effective yeah definitely yeah the music too was oh, really yeah, good the fantastic. score yeah and scream has a great score too yep. so yeah iconic score yeah. scream yeah absolutely yeah i'm gonna change my mind i want to talk about it okay um oh. the new it um chapter two. Oh man not no. the sequel oh just the yeah first. just the, the newest, newest it not <laughs> the miniseries because yeah, right. we don't want to talk about the miniseries and i know that me and you have talked about um it a lot yeah um, I like it as a horror movie, um, because, uh, it's not, like, none of the jump scares in It get me. Yes. The big loud clanging noise yeah. and the clown is suddenly in your face. It's the very real human fears that It delves into. I think the scariest thing that you can do is have a child hug her sexually abusive father. Like, that is horrific to me. Um, and it's really interesting because... It's kind of like a um, like a Stand by Me. I know it's also yeah. based on yeah. a Stephen King book, but um, it's based. It's like Stand by Me, and just like you think of it as a kind of traditionally slasher esque movie. But you know, the first scene of the movie is Georgie getting his arm bit off, right. and it's horrific. You're like, oh, there's like you know very violent actions against children. It's terrible, um, but all of the kids in it are fantastic. Um, their friendship feels more real than any <laughs> like <Yeah>. TV show <laughs> friendship I've ever seen. Um, and I don't know, I um, very recently got into it because of the sequel, but um, it's I think it's a more special horror movie than people give it credit for. I agree. Yeah, 100%. I, 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 the kids are so good. Yeah. Okay. Um, they really knock it out of the park, and they and they really sell those human fear elements. Oh yeah, um, and Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, oh, yeah. terrifying, it's terrifying, yeah. instantly yeah. iconic. Yeah, um, he's phenomenal. And and to follow up, with a, you know, someone like Tim Curry, who is mm-hmm. uh, Pennywise in the miniseries, um, he plays it more comedic. Tim Curry, mm-hmm. um, but also very scary in moments. Uh, but Skarsgård really made it his own in a very interesting way, yeah. and. Um, yeah, you know, the that's that is the interesting thing about it is Pennywise is there mm-hmm. and he's he's doing his goofy, yeah. you know, things like that, but those don't work unless the reality of Derry is mm-hmm. so horrifying. Awful. And yeah. and that's what allows, you know, it 
to to sort of thrive and continue to you know terrorize this town is because the town itself is awful awful, awful. everybody goes through their own pain and that's mm-hmm. why the, he, he's able to so effectively yep. you know get under their skin is because they're dealing with these these very real horrors mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I agree i think that it's very special i think that people saw it in droves and it, it made a bundle of money yes. and everybody was like cool pennywise but i i think that there's so much you know I more agree. under the surface yep. The yeah. villain of it isn't Pennywise; it's childhood trauma. Right. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's a great place to end it uh, for today. Yeah. So, Sam, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, a uh, couple things that we want to put out there: we are on Spotify. We are officially on YouTube. You can find us there. We're on Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts. We'll be on Apple Podcasts very soon. Um, everyone, have a safe Halloween. Uh, once again, I'm Gianni. I'm Flynn. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, and thank you to uh, SSTV for allowing us to utilize the studio again. It's uh, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, see you guys later.